Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, welcome to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and our skipper is out of action for a couple of days so we are lucky enough to have Woodsy in the studio. How are you, mate? Good, boys. Good to be back off the bench again. That comes to you two lunatics. Oh, mate, what... What do you think, Del? What do oh, you no, think? I always love Woodsy, mate. He's a great inside of the game. But I, but what I can't believe, this bloke gets him a water cart, okay? Mate, it's pre-season he and he's be, here. He should be hitting the you know, hitting the sand no, no, dunes no, or something. In all fairness to him, he has been training. So had, what yeah, happened? Had, had training this morning. Okay. Got my weights done and then come straight in with you boys. Hang on. Oh. Didn't you stay up a little bit late yeah, like a lot I of did. people to watch the Aussies I last did. night? I watched the boys. Mate, Fantastic. I was about to go to sleep and then they took a couple of wickets and it's was like, how can you not watch this? We're <laughs> Australian. So what time? Did it actually finish? Because I watch India bat, and I'm thinking, okay, we're in a good position here. But I know that we've, you know, we've crumbled once or twice. Yeah. But I was just hoping I'd get up in the morning, which I did. I rolled over at seven a.m. Three thirty, Dell. Three thirty. You yep. stayed up and then went to training. Well, I had to leave for five o'clock. There's no point going to sleep then. <sighs> mate, mate. You're, you're a weapon, mate. Make sure you're committed. Seems <laughs> we got to bring Seeves and get him going. Look out. Yeah, he's committed. All right. I don't know. But what I tell you is, what, mate. we've got Mark Howard joining us from India, so he'll give us all the debrief. Yep. I think he was down in the rooms with some of the players to celebrate the World Cup, and we'll also speak to a Premiership-winning shark as well. So later in the show, but stick around. There's plenty of opportunities to get involved, and uh, I just want to look at this one though, fellas. Parramatta Road. There's a push to change the. A face of Parramatta Road with business bodies saying the precinct could be completely revamped with 30,000 new homes and almost a light rail similar to what's along George Street, along down the whole, uh, along Parramatta Road and even down Victoria Road as well. What are your thoughts? I don't mind it because where I grew up in Leichhardt, on that Parramatta Road, there's, there's shops there that haven't been vacated since I was a kid. Like, it, you look at it and they're going, Some they, they, places yeah, along. they could do something with it. But the only problem is, Jude... How long till the rail breaks down and you won't be able to get there? But not just that. It's just like there's so much construction in and around the city and around Sydney anyway. Uh, You know, it's just going to be more. You know, yeah, but, but I, I, think not, oh. I was I was in Strathfield. I was, uh, took my daughter to Homebush West, uh, one of the bounce big centre over there yesterday. And you can just sit there and go, it just needs a bit of a facelift mm. uh, along there. I lived along Parramatta Road for a while, and just just needs a bit of a lift up through there. Yeah. I, I reckon it help a lot of people along that way. Yeah, definitely. And, there's there's so many spots for it because there's so many vacated blocks, like we said, Jude. And, mate, there's a place along there that anyone could go. And like you said, two hundred and fifty dollars for a, a, a garage with a, with a mattress. Hill. Mate, they're, they're charging 250 bucks for a, uh, yeah. a, a bed in a garage. Yeah, I, totally, I can understand we that. We need more homes in this city. Yeah, we do, yeah. Time now for a bit of footy. Wendell, Premiership winner Michael Jennings has been given the green light to return to the NRL three years after his exile began. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, Michael Jennings, you know, he's been a fantastic player for a long time. Um... You know, coming through, I suppose, that reserve guy get another opportunity. Um, look, we all make our mistakes, and, um, you know, I think the Roosters here showing a bit of loyalty too, so, you know, he's a premiership winner for uh, the Roosters. A, sneak, a trial and train contract? Yep. Um, that's all you need sometimes, but he'll get to finish on his terms, and let me tell you, as a player that's been through that, um, it was good to finish on my terms. He's also on 299 games. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Now, Benji Marshall has reported, uh, reportedly made a secret visit to Jerome Luai's house, Woodsy, in an effort to woo the 5-8 to the West Tigers. Well, there's two things I'll take out of this. I love that, you know, Benji's been pretty proactive in, in trying to get these players. He's going out so hard to chase them. But the other thing is we 
call it a secret. Thing. Everyone knows about it. Everything at Tiger <laughs> seems to come out, so it's probably not a good look, and, and it's probably going to be on, on Jerome Luai's mind. So it's a funny one, but I, I love that Benji's out there and trying to get the best players in the game for the Tigers. Do you reckon he'll be playing Panthers next for the rest I, of the I, believe, I reckon he'll be at Panthers. It, it, they're creating a dynasty, and I, and I find it hard that he's going to be, that going to leave because I think he's he's not that control half, but that he thinks he probably could be another side. Yeah, and Woodsy sticking with you, 17 RL clubs have been taken out of the race to sign Adam Fanua Blake after his announcement he is leaving the Warriors. Yeah, I like the Warriors doing this because Adam Fanua Blake's still contracted to 2025 um, and they don't want to bolster any of the other you know, sides where he probably could go to and, and make their chances a lot better. So what's happened is he's, he's, I think one of his parents has fallen ill and they live in Sydney. So I think one of the clauses is he has to stay inside Sydney and it has to be a Sydney-based club. So I, I, I love what they did. It's similar to what they did with Reese Walsh hmm. and, the, and the Broncos. Yep. Dell speculation has reportedly emerged. Joseph Suali's $5 million contract with Rugby Australia could be scrapped amid news he was well Welcome back at the Roosters after the deal expired. Yeah, look, I don't know how it's going to be scrapped because it's signed a contract. It's, uh, you know, he's one of those players. And even, look, he's one of those blokes. Uh, mate, I know Hamish McLennan was the bloke who signed him, a bit like the Eddie Jones sort of pick. But, look, I reckon he'll be going to rugby. Good luck to him a couple of years. And he's welcome back at the Roosters. So, mate, there's a lot of media talking in and around this. But good luck to the young bloke, mate. Who wouldn't take that three-year deal? And, and I, I don't think they're going to scrap it. Yeah. And Woodsy, Siwa uh, Wong has turned down interest from Ryan clubs to ink a new two-year deal that will keep the exciting back rower at the Roosters until the end of the 2026 season. Yeah, Jude, a big fan of this kid. Um, when Matty Lodge came across to Manly, he, he said there's one kid you want to keep an eye on at the Roosters, it's Siwa Wong. He's got something about him. He's got really good late feet, explosive. Uh, he's got a union background. He was at Scots College. I think he was the captain of the of the rugby, league, uh, rugby union first 15 team. And there's a lot of clubs chasing him. And as you've seen the back end of last year, he, was, he, he made that number 12 jersey yeah. his own. Absolutely. Love having this sort of talent in there. 100%. When did you get a call from the school? I got a missed call the other day from the principal at my local primary school, uh, and it so went through the keeper. So the call ends <laughs> up going to my wife, uh, who, and then sure enough, I rang my wife and said, I've just had a missed call from the school. Like, what's going on? And she said, I've just got the call from the principal who said there's been an incident in the girls' bathroom. I'm like, what's, what's happened here? Mm. So apparently... There was either a wrestle or something has gone on in the in the bathroom, and they've crashed into the, one of the walls. Um, now I'm thinking my daughter's done something there. In the end, there's been a hole in the wall, but there's been asbestos found Ooh. in the in the wall. So the principal was ringing to let us know that hang on, we've got to report this incident, <laughs> and you know if you know we've got to make sure you know sure. this sort of register any of these sort of incidents. Now we dug into it with my daughter. There wasn't actually any exposed sort of uh, you know particles or anything like that during that that sort of wrestle or whatever it's gone, and she was sort of denying it and all that sort of things. But it got me thinking about what did you get a call from the school from? Have you have you ever had a call from the school for, for Buster at any stage? Well, so, so Buster's in preschool, so they don't ring you. They just, you've got to fill out these incident reports. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've gone to pick him up one one Tuesday afternoon and the lady goes, oh, we've got an incident report you've got to fill out. And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. I had no idea what it was because my wife never told me you got to do this. I go in and the lady tells me that, so he was putting the shapes away and he's got OCD like his mum. So they've got to go in certain sections. Got to be right and straight and everything like that. And then what, one kid just kept moving it out of the way. So he's just turned around and tackled him. <laughs> and then I've gone, so when I spoke to him, I said, mate, what are you doing? He goes, you know, when 
people don't listen, Dad. We just tackle them like you do. <laughs> and I was like, mate, you can't tackle kids at school. Like, it's not, you're not playing footy yet. So it wasn't well, too bad. Absolutely. <laughs> mine's actually quite embarrassing because, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, when I grew up in Serena, yeah. mate, people that know me back then, I, I had the big fro. Like, I had the big, <laughs> like, Jackson 5 fro. Anyway, mum got a call one day. You know, I was always, like, lively and always, you know, a bit of, you know, a bit of class clown too and visited the office sometimes. Anyway, I got a call. Uh, mum got a call one day. She had to come and get me. Because uh, I had nits, the afro, oh. the big afro. So imagine <laughs> yeah. And then not just that, no, but, you know, doesn't matter where you get them, but, like, they would love my fro. They would have been breathing in my fro. And then when I went home, Mum says, we're going to have to shave your head. Oh. And I was like, ah. You put so much effort in yeah, the throat. I reckon I would have been grade, uh, grade, uh, grade three, grade four, and I can remember crying and just my, and Mum's like <laughs> cutting my hair back and putting all that shampoo in there. So we get the email like, from the school yeah. about nits, and it's like straight to camera. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, quite embarrassing. Anyway, well, give us a call one triple three five three. As I said, the, our favourite call will get two hundred dollars suspended. Harvey, knowing what did you get a call from the school for? Gaylene's giving us a call. How are you, Gaylene? Hello, how are you going, everyone? Really Good, well. What uh, what did you get the call from the school for? Well, it's still funny now. So Blake's <laughs> 20 now, but back in year 10, mm-hmm. him and his friends thought it would be hilarious to take cable ties to school and cable tie the year 7 bags to the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so he's taken the so, cable ties in and how... Yeah. Yeah, and when did you get the call? When so off? I got the call um, sometime that morning. So he got for three days along with the other boys. Oh, my God. Mm. Did, uh, and did that you was read... at Saint, Sorry, did... at St. Dom's at Penrith. Oh, so did you read him yeah. the right act as well when you found out? I did. I said, look, it, there's a little part of it that is funny. However, you know, it could be considered um, as a bit of bullying. So yeah. yeah. Do that again. <laughs> Please don't Thanks. do that. Thanks, Caroline. <laughs> Cheers, oh, that's, Caroline. that's not bullying. Come on. Oh. And, and Brett, when, is, uh, when did you get a call from the school? Uh, boys, how are you all going? Good, good. Um, I'm sure Aaron and Del will uh, relate to this. My son went to a prominent uh, rugby league school in Sydney Southwest. Yep, yep. Um, for rugby league, um, they had to do certain things with other kids. Anyway, they done a cross country, and next thing I get a call from the principal, and my someone excused my son of tripping over the next superstar of soccer. Oh, he tripped him over during wow. the cross country. <laughs> In the cross country, mate, at the starting line. <laughs> well, it's cross country. You got to expect the unexpected. Is there yeah. competitiveness there yeah. coming Aaron, through, Brett? Aaron, like you know, rugby league players don't like soccer players. You know, you know how it goes. Yes, fair call, mate. Anyway, I had to go up to the school and I got the phone call. Um, and me and the coach, I think you'd know him, Wayne Lampton. Oh, yep, chops. Yep, we're saying there's no way it was Jake, and Wayne's going, mate. No way, Jake. Anyone else, but not Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Defending him, Brett. Fantastic. Yeah, how good. Uh, let's go to Kelly there. Kelly, how are you? Hi, good, thank you. Um, I've got twin girls, identical, in kindergarten this year. Yep. Early in the first term, teachers still couldn't tell them apart. And one of them got into trouble in the playground, and the teacher's come up and gone, and what's your name? She's given her sister's name. Oh. Then the next minute, the sister <laughs> runs past and goes, hey, that's my name. They both stood there arguing with this teacher going, that's my name. No, that's my name. No, that's my oh, name. So, good. so then I get a phone call and I'm like, okay, well, the one with the bigger fringe is this child and this is this child. Yep. And they're like, okay, rightio. So we've gone really good for the last two terms. Yesterday, I'm out Christmas shopping. My husband's at home with the girls. I get home. The girls have found the scissors. <laughs> they're there. Oh. The same yesterday. And I'm like, why did you do that? 
now the teachers can't tell us apart again. And now we're back to looking twins. And I'm like, well, you're keeping that hair for Christmas, girls. I'm not making it look pretty. <laughs> Kelly, you're are you projecting this out for when they're teenagers? <laughs> I am scared. If they're doing this at six... <laughs> And I had to message the teachers last night going, FYI, Edward Scissorhands has reappeared. Um, heads up, this is how you're going to try and tell them apart now. Amazing. Uh, appreciate it. We'll go to Deborah. Finish us off, Deborah. Hi, how are you? What Good did thanks. you get a call uh, from the school for? Oh, my lovely daughter who didn't like her teacher and didn't like the class and wasn't paying attention in careers. And so I got the phone call because she wasn't taking it seriously because when asked what her choice of job was when she was growing up was, I'm going to be a trophy wife, so I don't need to listen. Oh, wow. <laughs> With the careers Jeez. teacher, Deborah. Yeah. What yeah. I, you know what, Deborah, what I'd love to know is how did she know what a trophy wife was? Oh, she's had a plan. Like, it's her lifelong ambition still. She's 25 and she's still got ambitions. <laughs> yep, beautiful. <laughs> Brilliant, Dan. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much to all our callers we couldn't get to. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell Woodsy in the hot seat for our man Gus Wallen and the cricket. It's been run and won by the Aussies. And now time for this. Oh, he's the Triple M Rush Hour. Cricket update. No He's our man on the ground, Mark Howard. How are you, Howie? Well, it's the morning after the night before. Um, <laughs> and I, I, boys, I can't believe it. Like, yeah. you know, th- this was this was India's party. This was the Indian batsmen dominating us. This was them winning the World Cup on the home soil in front of Sachin Tendulkar. Um, but there was 11 blokes in the squad around them in yellow and uh, green that had different ideas. And I will never go to a sporting event that can compare to what I saw last night. It was it was bloody extraordinary and a massive privilege to be there. Howie, I mean, they got off to the perfect start. Rohit Sharma was belting us around and that sort of stuff. But Travis Head's catch running back with the flight, unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Jude. I was... I was really privileged to to spend a little bit of time um, with the cricketers in the rooms afterwards, and the replay was on. Mm-hmm. And as uh, and Maxie was telling me, he said, "Glenn said, mate, this is the turning point in the game." And they were all laughing, saying, "You're bowling, Maxie." He said, "No, no, Trav's <laughs> catch." And the whole team went silent and watched it. And then as he took the catch, there was a great roar. Um, it was it was a gutsy decision. You know, they spent two hours the night before deciding whether to bat or bowl. To, to the point they analysed it to what the colour, I mean serious, what the colour of the soil here is, whether it's more red yeah. or more black and what that's going to do. Paddy made the gutsy call. Um, but like you say, mate, when Virat hit those three fours in a row and Rowett was smacking us, it was like, oh, 380. And the crowd were going like nothing I have ever heard. But um, it was a phenomenal performance by a team, especially Dell, as you saw. They lost the first two of the tournament. They were under the pump. But uh, they holding up the cup right now. Yeah, how is Woodsy here, mate? I know you said it was a party for India. It sounds like you've had a great night yourself, <laughs> mate. But um, talk to us about when Coley chops onto his stumps. The whole mm. 130,000 sound like it was just, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, I wish I could tell you that, Woodsy. We're in Gujarat, which is a dry state where you can't get a drink. I think just the last three weeks of oh, travel wow. and lack of sleep have caught up with me. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was, well, it was, like the man writes his own scripts, Woodsy. It's a great question. It was like it was preordained that Coley was going to come out. He was going to make a 100 in the final. And, you know, he is, he is a phenomenal athlete. When you think when you're going out to perform when a country of 1.4 billion is cheering you on, like when he bats 
Um, the numbers are at 150 million. They drop to 70 million when he gets out. Like the pressure well. he is under. But when he played on, it was you'll have seen it. It was disbelief on his face. The the stadium was completely silent. As you said, not a pin drop. But the first five overs of the Indian <laughs> bowling innings, when they had a three down, mm. it, people have said to me, "What's it like compared to the grand final?" I love the footy bolts, and you've done yeah. it um, and seen it. It's it's five times more. It wow. is like the last two minutes of a grand final times five. The, the atmosphere when Boomer was swinging it around corners and the wickets were falling. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to describe, but it was um, even talking to the Aussies. I was talking to Alex Carey. He, he said, "I knew we'd lost three wickets, but I had to walk out and take some gloves." And he said, "I had tingles. I didn't need to see any more wickets, but I had tingles just <laughs> listening to the crowd." So uh, that's what it was like. Well, I, I even like um, you know Marnus. He, he knew how to adjust his role. You know, he didn't go out there and try and make a run and ball. He just knew he had to stay there and, and anchor that role. And he played a, a wonderful uh, cameo there. All his you know his innings. He, he did, Del. And um, speaking to him on the ground after the game for the for the coverage, he and spoke to him about it later. He said, "Mate, I, I didn't think I was in the team." He said, yeah. "Normally, when there's no changes in the team, comes six thirty p.m. Same team, boys." He said, "I was texting Smithy at quarter to nine, quarter to ten, saying, oh, I think if I'm out, I'm out, I'm out of the side.'" And then yeah. to go and do what he did, you know, he, like he, he, yeah. you guys read the paper, he was out of the team yeah, twelve yeah. times in the last fifteen games. <laughs> blokes falling off golf carts, blokes yes. getting <laughs> Um, but, but but he stuck it out, and he's got a medal, and he played a fine innings. Yeah. But, you know, you, you guys have seen a lot of sport. You know, Ponting and Gilchrist are the other two Australians that have made 100 in the World Cup final. Like, six other blokes have done it, including Viv Richards and Clive Lloyd. Like, Trav Head goes into yeah. some, you know, some serious, serious cricket cream to be in that group now. There was some great vision of just the Paddy walking up the race, just the, the crowd around the race and then goes into the rooms with with the cup and just the celebrations in the sheds. It must have been phenomenal. Well, it's about it's about 90 steps to get up there, hmm. to be fair. Like, it's a long old hike up there. And I think the, the best thing I saw, Bolts, the best, thing I saw in the rooms um, and like I say I can't tell you how much of a privilege um, Davey said come into the rooms to Ricky and Finchie and I thought yeah, well I'm going to sneak in there as well on the back of those World Cup winners and, and went in there but to see Mitch Marsh um, having a soda water because it's a dry state to see him hugging his dad who won a World Cup in India in 1987 and just the pride you know you got kids just the pride on the, the the dad's face in what the son had done you know 35, 40 years later um, that's something that will stay with me he's the, he's, the, he's the world's nicest man Mitch Marsh and to see him be able to celebrate with his dad was it was it was really really special. How we really appreciate your time, mate. We'll chat to you soon. Oh, I really appreciate it. And watch the highlights and uh, and watch it a thousand times because Pat right. and the boys represented our country with just skill and grace. And it's great to have a chat with you guys about it. Thanks, Howie. Appreciate it. You can catch the Howie Games podcast with his special World Cup tour diary, an eight part behind the scenes series of the sights and sounds of incredible India. And you know what? We haven't played Jingle Dells yet. More on the Rush Hour next. The Triple M Rush Hour. All I want for Christmas is you. 
Oh my God, there it is. One triple three five three. Give us a call now to win your Christmas present. Look out. How bad was that? Oh, I played with Andrew Fafita and listening to him talking to Team Huddle was an ear bashing. <laughs> Jesus, Del, what is that? We're opening up our Triple M Christmas stocking to give away a prize. As we said, listen out for Wendell to sing a Christmas carol and you can win. Let's have a listen. Dig in now. Let's go into our Grab big out there. Grab stocking. Something. What do we got today, Woodsy? And just for putting up with Dell's singing, you've won $300 to spend at Peter Wynn School. That's it. Let's get Dave on the line. Dave, welcome to the Rush Hour, mate. Congratulations. $300 to spend at Peter Wynn School. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good to talk to you again after hearing talking to you guys on Friday. Hey, uh, what did you think of Dell's uh, singing? Pretty good, actually. Oh, mate, he, I think he might be improving, eh, or not? No. I, th- I think so. It's getting better. I think so. <laughs> Is that an improvement? Jeez. <laughs> mate, outrageous. It's it's ruining my ears at the moment. But uh, head to peterwinscore.com.au or in-store to score your favourite NRL team's merch for Christmas. If you don't score here, you'll never score. Dave, what a, what a way to uh, win $300 at Peter Wynn, mate. Love it. Fantastic, stuff, mate. Dave. Enjoy. And listen out oh, more mate. for Jingle Dells tomorrow to win more Christmas presents. He's giving oh, away. You, I just, you're in a, what, what, what's, what's your favourite jingle? Giving, huh? What's your favourite jingle? Um, oh, mate, they're all my favourites, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's butchering my life. You don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah. He's butchering Buble, oh, everyone. <laughs> no, but let's play it. Let's just sing oh, it again. Oh. All I want for Christmas is you. We're in the Christmas spirit here. There's some severe thunderstorms set to hit the east coast. We're about to, there's a dire warning as rain and hail is set to pelt down uh, heavy rainfall thunderstorms across eastern uh, Australia throughout the week just after fire ravaged parts of the country. Wet weather is expected to hit parts of New South Wales on Monday afternoon. It's already started to turn a bit uh, dark around uh, here in uh, Sydney as well. And then just continues, conditions likely to persist for the next seven days, lads. So, I don't yeah. mind. I think, I think Australia needs some... Uh, uh, some wet weather. Some wet weather. But not not so much hail and storm. <laughs> but we need some wet weather. Oh, mate. It's but been damaging, dry. damaging wind gusts as well yeah, as sizable hail. We don't okay. need that. We just want people to be safe, Dill. Yeah, I, I understand that, but we need some water, guys. We yeah. do need water. We well, do. Hasn't there been bushfires lately as well? Exactly. So yeah. some of the fires. No, we don't want hail because it could hurt people's houses. Oh, I know that. Wa- and I know cars. that Woodsy. Oh, I know that, it's a mate. Big message to everyone: yeah. just to stay, 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 safe. stay safe out in the road. Yep. What about what about thorn, storms around your house? So yeah, so we're sort of where we are at Lagana. It's one way in, one way out. So the big storms they always shut down our Wi-Fi, so I won't be on the internet too much lately. But um, hopefully we can stay safe. There's a lot of trees around us, um, and yeah, they've done a good job in the cleanups. You know, prior to it by removing the big trees so they don't fall on the cars and houses. Do you get uh, any help out at all, like when you? Yeah, I hope the boys have a chat and get them a coffee. Good stuff, mate. I'm what not really good on the tools, Del. Yeah, no oh, good? Yeah. No, <laughs> a bit like June. I'm focused <laughs> on the tools. Look out. It's the Rush Hour Triple M and so much sport happening right across the globe. Time to do one of these. It's the Rush Hours Sports
And straight off the top, Dell, obviously we cannot go past Australia winning the ICC Cricket World Cup over in India. Just a phenomenal effort by Pat Cummins and all the players. They've now retained the Ashes. They are World Test Champions and now ODI World Cup Champions. A fair effort. Yeah, wonderful job. I think we said it before. Uh, they lost the first two. Um, a few of us thought they were coming home uh, and obviously being tired as well. And that rotation, there's a few things that happened in and around that. Obviously, Mitch Marsh having to come home. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know... Uh, Glenn Max Fellow. Yeah, <laughs> but, but they're such a they're such a mentally strong team, aren't they, Woodsy? Oh, it's unbelievable, especially to see how long they've been away from their mm. families. Um, you know, the cricket they produce. Everyone was written them off after the first two games. Yeah, and, yeah, I agree. You know, someone that I've really loved watching this World Cup was Pat Cummins. He's mm. copped a lot of flack for his captaincy, especially in the last two Ashes Test matches. Um, but geez. I thought he captained outstanding from game two, after that game two. To take the ball and say, "Yep, we are going to send them in," and let's mm. let's put it on the back. Especially that crowd, eh? That Absolutely. Crowd. And, that and was a coliseum right there. I was never doing, and he was the one that got Coley out. Like his yes. bowling was it? He changed the game for Australia. Yeah, uh, outstanding. And now former Wallaby centre and an ex teammate of yours, Daniel Herbert, is the new chairman of Rugby Australia. Dell after the board held a late night vote to sack Hamish McLaren. Yeah, I woke up to this uh, news this morning. I, I didn't realise Daniel Herbert was in the mix, but when I switched to Rugby Union, Daniel Herbert, mate, he was a pretty classy centre. I think he was a part of that '99 World Cup team uh, squad, uh, mate. A real good leader. I'm not sure what he was doing away from it, but it's funny to see guys like him and Phil War pretty hands on there. And uh, mate, Daniel. Herbert and his integrity, I reckon he's a good guy to have in and around there. And it's not just jobs for the boys, like, trust mm. me, it's going to be a hard job for to, to rebuild our Australian rugby. But, but it's blokes that want Australia rugby to be better, Dill. Yep. Like, it's not guys just going in just to get a job and get paid. They yep. want to see successful Australian Wallaby side. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, the AFL draft is tonight. Uh, Sydney have pick uh, number 12. The Giants have pick 7 and 16. This is the first round. Tomorrow night is the second round, so there's opportunities for them to change up the ladder if, uh, a little bit more for the Giants. Uh, West Coast are expected to take the number one pick with Harley Reid and there's talk that Nick Nat had flown over to, yeah, to Victoria wow. with the number nine potentially to give him that number. So uh, well, we'll see. Hey, what, what's that like being in and around that draft? You were in yeah, that. Yeah, I, I went yeah. pick number eight to the Swans. It's just it's a whole build-up, a whole thing where you get to meet all the coaches of different clubs and it just yeah, you work you, out where you end up going. Do you ever talk with the clubs beforehand? So you actually got a, like a, a club in mind that you might go to, no yeah. one, especially if you're from Melbourne, do you yeah, think so, you'd have to come to Sydney? Yeah, a couple of uh, so Sydney had three of the top uh, ten picks of that wow. year, so I sort of knew I was a, a chance to yep. go there, but um, there was every chance I could go to Port Adelaide, who had two in the top ten, and in the end, I was lucky enough to come to Sydney as a, an 18-year-old oh, kid, so really lucky from that Two-time premiership player. And it. then uh, a shout-out to the, the AFLW, obviously, had a loss yes. to Swans uh, to Adelaide in the semi-final, but a, a huge effort after a winless season last year, and lads, Max Verstappen fights back oh. to win the F1 in Las Vegas. Did that look good on the Las Vegas strip? He's just a genius. Like, you put him in any position, he just wins it. And, boys, I know they were in Vegas, but how good did it look, honestly? Like, yeah, it did it, look it, good. It copped a lot of flack, Dell, but, geez, they delivered. There it, was an awkward moment with Phil <laughs> with uh, Bruce Buffer introducing some of the, some of the drivers. That was a yeah, bit awkward. I know. There was, it's, you know, I saw Shaq in the, you know, Shaq there, and there's it, it was... It was where you want to be, uh, and, and apparently, uh, look, I mean, I saw the highlights and that, and people, even though they had a rough, rough start, um, it, mate, F1, like, people just, F1, like, everyone's just on the bandwagon. They are royalty they wherever are. they go in the Max, world. Yeah. It's so good. Look, it's a good gravy train to get on. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <A> junk it? <laughs> Let's tell you what, are you, any of you guys a sore loser or not? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a sore loser. loser. Yeah. We're going to be talking sore losers next on the Rush Hour. One triple three five three. Who is the sore loser? 
in your household. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys, there's a new study has been found that men let their female partners win when they're competing against one another in games and challenges. The happy wife, happy life, maybe. I don't know exactly. But the finding was uncovered by researchers at North China University of Science and Technology who asserted that men go easy on their wives and girlfriends in order to avoid conflict and prevent them from leaving or being poached by another male. This seems a bit <laughs> awkward. But, uh, however, despite men appearing to let their partners win, the study also found that women were less competitive when playing against their partners than they were when playing against male strangers. I I beg to differ. My wife is super competitive and I try not to go easy on her in that sense. Like we are always competing on different things and there's every chance of the uh, the board game being flipped yeah. if uh, things don't go awry and, and my no daughters, my daughters no are the same. Like They are really super competitive. They want to win. What about you? Oh, mate, there's no prisoners in our household. Like you, you win, you get bragging rights. And so there's no there's no humble victories. No, hum- oh, mate, so we'd go temp in bowling. Like that was something we did when we first got together. Um Tuesday nights was tight last Tuesday, so we could do it. it was good for us. Um, I won so many. And, and then when, when Sarah finally won, she went to the reception and got the scorecard printed out. Yeah, it's good. Like to get it framed or computer, yeah, one, one from like 40. <laughs> so she goes around and she goes, yeah, but no one's seen you, the other 39 that, that I've lost. So what? she goes, oh, I'm the only one that's won. Was I don't mind that. Good on her. I don't mind that. Nah, was, no was way, Tara though. competitive with you? Oh, yeah, but t- Tara – so Tara and Tristan were always really good. Like, obviously, you know, they're very competitive. They're quite good. Tristan, I put a bit of a free spirit. I didn't care that much. Uh, but then when I lost, I just go, I expected to come last, you know. But then when I actually tried and then I beat them, oh, mate, she blow up. Just because she was really always competitive with basketball, running, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, I'd beat her in all that sort of stuff too. Um, but, yeah, I'm academic a- stuff, no, not really. <laughs> A mate of mine, Matty, uh, his, his ex-girlfriend, he was he was always competing every time and everything and he would always beat her. He's pretty athletic. Um, and then he found, uh, she asked him, oh, do you water ski? We, my family's going water skiing this week. And mm. he'd actually had boats and he was he's like, I've, I can water ski. But he didn't tell her. And she said, I think I've found the spot. I've found this one sport that I might be better at than him. So they go up to the Hawkesbury, take the boat out. <laughs> And he's sitting there going, oh, I think I'll just start on two skis. I've never done this mm. before and just hammy it up. She's in the back of the boat. He gets out. They just start going. He gets up and she's really shocked that he was able to get up and start water skiing. He kicks one one ski off, goes onto the single, oh. goes across the wake and she's crying Show in the back out. of the, of the <laughs> yeah. boat. Yes. Just the competitiveness. That's so good. But uh, we put it out there, one triple three five three. Who is the sore loser? It's in your household, one triple three five three. Give us a give us a call. How competitive are you with your partner? So many calls to get to and let's go to Philip in Kenley Heights first. Hey, right, Phil. Hey boys. How you doing, mate? Who is the sore loser? This sore loser is sadly my father. <laughs> What's he doing? So pretty much uh, we're pretty competitive. So whatever sport I beat him in, even gaming, basketball, whenever I win, he, pur- um, he purposely becomes petty for the next few days. He, he just holds a grudge, does he? Yeah, he holds a grudge. So what sort of stuff would he do? Like just what does he just kick the sads the whole time? So pretty much, like, for example, um, he rocks up late when he comes to pick me up, uh, gives me lesser allowance for the week. <laughs> do, you, do you rub it in, but when you win, or do you, is it? Com- oh, I, oh, definitely. I'll, I'll give it to him. <laughs> well, there you go, mate. Lesson, lesson learned there, mate. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, Woodsy. And Gabby, who's the sore loser in your family? Hey, guys. It's actually an ex, but I, this one was always imprinted in my memory. Yeah. So... 
we went to Prague. We were staying in this beautiful little bar. You know, there was a chess set set up and the vodka was flowing and we played our first game and I beat him. Played the second game and I beat him again. So he really cracked into the vodka round. I beat him at that. And you just see that bottom lip start trembling and then all of a sudden these big round tears just started falling out of him. He absolutely fell into a heap of tears. He broke tear. Uh, like he said, you know, if life is a metaphor for chess, he just lost. I had to physically drag him out of the pub, like over my shoulder, pay for the tab and get him into a cab because he was just so distraught. Oh, well. And he, well, and he made you pay for the tab. Look out. Oh, Gabby. Oh, well, thanks for that. Hey, Jim, how are you going, mate? Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim from Springwood. How are you going, mate? How are you going? All good? Yeah, good, good, well, mate. Good, mate. you got to tell us, mate. Who's who's the loser in your family? Or who's the uh, sore loser, sorry? Well, it's, uh, I didn't realise, but it's probably me. Oh, no. Um, so when the Nintendo Wii's first came out, yeah. um, I was newly married and um, and we got the Wii bowling. Long story short, my wife would sort of pit me by a few pins in every game. So I got jack of that. And one night I stayed up till 3am until I got a perfect game. And um, she saw the score the next day, blew a lid, and then we never played it again because, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> you bowled the perfect game and said, that's it, you're done. Yeah, well, she said that's done because I decided to stay up till about 3 a.m. to try and get it Well, after she went to bed. So, uh, yeah. I love oh, that well. attitude, Del. Wait, wait, that reminds me, now that we're going back to the Nintendo and all that, this will surprise you, but you know what I also used to lose at home? What? Singstar. Oh, oh nice. how good was Singstar? The kids used to love giving it to <laughs> me. It was a huge <laughs> shock, Del. <laughs> yeah. Jingle Del, so you know exactly why you lost that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Woodsy in the hot seat today and it's uh, now time to talk some footy. Our next guest is no stranger to the footy field. He was one of the NRL's most physical defenders. With almost 300 appearances and 47 tries to his name, he's done what every player dreams of. Played Origin, represented his country and held up the Gladiators after winning the 2016 Premiership for the Sharks. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, NRL legend, Wade Graham. Yes, Wado, welcome to the Rush Hour, mate. How is retirement treating you, mate? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, well, it's got to a good start. I've only just got back from seven, eight weeks overseas, so normally I wouldn't be able to squeeze a, a trip that large in um, post-season with the stress of coming back for pre-season. But, yeah, this year, a first of hopefully many to come. You spoke about the stress of pre-season, but talk about the stress of marriage. How's life changed, Big Wado? No, no, it's been great, mate. Obviously, um, it was well overdue for my poor, poor fiancé. Extended that time a bit because <laughs> of um, because of COVID. So we were supposed to be married three years ago in, in Montreal, but we finally got the opportunity to tie the knot. Um, we had a great time. Like I said, we spent seven, eight weeks overseas, a lot of time with, with her family and her friends. You don't you know, get the opportunity to see us as much as we would like, being so far away. And, and of course, the grandchildren with their grandparents and family, mm. it, was, it was a very nice time. But living out of suitcases for that long, it gets, <laughs> you know how it gets after a little bit, of, little bit of time. So it's certainly nice to be back home and getting that Australian summer in. It was getting cold over there by the end. <laughs> and, and you speak about, you know, since you've come back, obviously you're, you're a man on Instagram. Do you, do you have any, you know, times where you think, 
geez, I really miss pre-season, or are you happy to be retired at the moment, mate? No, no, there's no, no second doubt. No <laughs> I saw a couple of photos popping up, and I was like, oh, yeah, unlucky boys. I'm, uh, I'm kicking back at home, mowing the lawn, uh, just relaxing, stress-free for... For once in, in quite a long time. Hey, wait, I want to take you back to, uh, obviously, you know, finishing last season. Cronulla, you played well during, you know, the season, but in those the finals, you just your last six finals you've lost. What do you put that down to? Because, mate, you, your squad is so talented and uh, you've got some great up-and-coming players, but just at the death there, you couldn't execute a couple of those, you know, close ones. Well, obviously, all those finals that we've lost, mm. we just haven't um, been good enough on the day. Like, we've showed throughout the year, um, throughout the season, it's a long season, and... At times, you know, consistency has been an issue for us. But overall, we've played at that higher level, you know, never really in doubt with the eight, um, you know, and showed at different times throughout the season when the pressure's on and we needed to perform that we could. But, you know, in the finals, we just haven't got over that hump uh, as yet. So all that we can do, you know, as a club and as a team is, is go back to the drawing board, really, and keep trying to, um, you know, chase that you know, chase that level which it takes at the end of the year. And, you know, I have all the faith in the boys in that team. I know they're trending in the right direction. And, you know, it's up to the next squad right now um, and that current group of players to try and get over that hump because I'm sure once they do and, you know, they can, they can really nail that. At that pointy end of the season, that September footy where you need to be at your best and, and win the big games, you know, once they get that belief and that confidence, I think, you know, they can go all the way for sure. Well, congratulations on getting married, mate, and uh, uh, fantastic to, you know, have you part of the family and seeing, seeing more on the uh, on the airwaves. For sure, I can't wait. Awesome, Wade. Wade Graham there. I tell you, who, who are your teammates coming in this week? Yeah, we've got big Tommy Turbo in tomorrow, and, mate, boys, he's flying at the moment. Oh, Is he? Injury-free, he's looking outstanding. Yeah. And to all our listeners, we've got Jingle Dells again, Dells. Oh, so love it, mate. Can't wait, mate. Well done, boys. I tell you, see you, everyone. Appreciate it. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.